the most important moments in your career, maybe even in your life? Do you recognize them? Have they made you better? On this episode, how to leverage your defining moments. This is Coaching for Leaders, episode 372. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Greetings to you from Orange County, California. This is Coaching for Leaders, and I'm your host, Dave Stahoviak. Leaders aren't born, they're made. And this weekly show gives you access to the practical wisdom that will empower you to become a better leader. If you have been listening to the show for a bit, you know that we talk a lot about careers and journeys in our careers on the show. And uh, I often ask about failures and I often ask about what folks have changed their mind on. And yet one of the concepts that we haven't talked about on the show very much is a concept that I first learned from Dale Carnegie years ago, becoming a Dale Carnegie instructor, the concept of defining moments, things that have happened in our lives, in our careers, that at the time may not have even seemed like that big a deal. But now looking back, uh, we realize and we recognize that they have those have been the moments that may have made the biggest difference. And today, I'm really excited to have a conversation about defining moments with a new friend of mine, and actually also an old friend. Uh, and I'm glad to welcome Lynn Whiteford to the show today. Lynn is a talent management executive who's led in many capacities, including a focus in learning leadership development, succession planning, and organizational design. She spent time in the entertainment industry, global talent management consulting, and most recently, she was a VP at Disney. Lynn, I am so glad to welcome you to the show. Thank you, Dave. Well, so funny story. You and I got introduced recently uh, by our mutual friend, Tom Henschel, and then I realized that we had actually talked... <laughs> seven or eight years ago, because <laughs> I pulled up your email address. I had two email addresses. How can I have two email addresses for you? And you were so helpful eight years ago when I was doing research on executive coaches of helping me to actually get in touch with coaches and do research. So a very public thank you, by the way. And it's so nice to come. Isn't it just now things come full circle sometimes? That is so crazy. Yes. Yeah, uh, it's it's a uh, it's small world. So um, we we you and I got to talking and Tom had introduced us because he thought it might be fun for us to have a conversation about talent management and large organizations. And you having worked at Disney, you know, what, a, what an interesting conversation that would right. be. And as we started talking, it turned out that we decided to have an entirely different conversation <laughs> today because <laughs> you have had such an amazing journey in your career and in your life. And I just think this story is wonderful and I'd love to find out more about it. So could we go back to you know, a while back when uh, when you first came to California, I'm so curious. How did this happen? Sure, be happy to. Where to start? I uh, went to college at Fordham University in New York City, and upon graduating, I moved back to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where I'm from. And um, you know, it was this summer in between. I'm trying to figure out where I was going to to land a job. And I had been interviewing for a satellite broadcasting company in Washington D.C. And I'll never forget that I was seriously considering taking that taking that job. Mm. And my parents took me out to dinner and we were talking about it. And my mom or my dad, I'm not sure whom at the time, you know, we we had I had always dreamed about going out to California because I had loved the idea of working in television, not necessarily in films, but in television. And what had enamored me my entire life 
were when I was growing up, those Hallmark movies were really, really big. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the the miniseries, The Roots, the Peter the Great. And I just was so fascinated with how do they make the big, big screen event television shows. And so I didn't want to be in front of the camera. I didn't want to be a creative. I wanted to understand the business and the production side of it. And so that's what took me to Fordham and then at that point, my parents are like, you have to have a degree that you can do something with. Mm. So I did communications. And so we were at dinner and my folks said, well, what about you going to California? And I'm like, well, I, I would love to. And they had said at that point, if you don't go now, you'll never go. And I really appreciated that. You know, that was them and in, in that role of kind of pushing me out of the nest saying, you know, you have this opportunity in Washington, D.C., but if you go there, you'll probably end up staying there, right? You'll make friends, you'll have obligations, and it's going to get harder and harder for you to, to leave. So they said, look, we're going to give you X amount of money, X amount of time, and use, you know, a car for graduation, find a friend, drive cross country, we'll give you one year. And I have no doubt, Dave, that they thought for sure I was coming back. There was no mm. way their kid was going to make it in television and film, right? <laughs> that is such a pipe dream for anybody that even is remotely interested in filmmaking and television. So I'm sure that they were like, oh, she'll be back. This is easy. But I didn't come back. So I had come out. I knew one person from college and they had a boyfriend at the time who was on a, sh on a movie and that movie needed a PA. And I said, I'll do it for free. A production assistant. A, a Go for it. Oh, okay. yeah, what does a production assistant do? Just like run around and exactly. get things Right. Get me coffee, you know, get the mail. You know, they, they do the grunt work on the shows. And I said, I'll do it for free just to kind of get in the door. Hmm. And I did. And after that was over, uh, we were at a facility that had a bunch of different production companies. And I started knocking on the doors to see if anybody else needed a production assistant. And sure enough, there was one. And it was for the film, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh, yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah. And so now I'm totally dating myself, everybody. But anyhow, it was Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And the reason why I have to bring this up is for a, a, a couple different things. Because this this was a defining moment, a defining time just so early on in my career. Number one, one day while I was working as a PA, this guy comes in and it turns out he's the production assistant from one of the other offices. And it's when I first met my husband. So we met on the film, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. He's, it it awesome. is the only time, everybody, all of America, that he had top billing over me. His name in the credits is over mine. That was the First and only time that that has happened. Sorry, honey. And spent nine months on that show. And then that ended. And I knocked on the doors again. And one of the girls that I had known for nine months, who worked right next door for another production company, her roommate worked for Kevin Costner. Oh, and, interesting. Yeah. And Kevin at the time was looking for a production assistant. It was just him and his producing partner, Jim Wilson. And they were working on getting financing for some movie called Dances with Dolphins or <laughs> Waltzing with something or other. Like, who, you know, nobody had ever heard of this. And of course, it was Dances with Wolves. Yeah. So I went and I interviewed for the production assistant job and I got it. And I spent the next, I think it was 13 years with Kevin. Wow. Yeah. And so all of that was through networking. 
all yeah. of that. Well, this is what's so fascinating to me about this, this story is we have people come on the show who have just a tremendous expertise, and you, you are certainly a person who has tremendous expertise in your career and, and success. And you see that from the outside, and you see things like VP at Disney. And it's easy to kind of make the assumption like, oh, well, that person just had it all figured out. They had knew exactly ah. where they were going along the way. They knew all the steps they were taking. They positioned themselves perfectly. And yet, how often, it's really not the case. Mm-hmm. There's right. so much in the moment. And, and right. a lot of times, it turns out to be, are you willing to have that courage in the moment to do something like knock on a door and just be willing to try something that you may not normally have ever done or or even know what you're doing or why you're doing it, but you're just willing to try. Yeah. So, you know, I'm nodding vigorously because I think that that is so true. And I have said that I have felt lucky and blessed to have had the career that I've had, but I also recognize that I was always looking for the opportunity mm-hmm. and I did not want my career to take me. I wanted to be proactive and deliberate in terms of what I was doing. And along the way, Dave, further down in my in, in my career, that meant taking steps backwards in order to take steps forward. But I don't know if it was from my dad and my grandfather running their own company that was very successful, that it was pick yourself up by your bootstraps and you have to make right your success. It's not going to come to you. Like I don't know what it was. And it has resulted in some difficult decisions mm. in having to make choices that at first were incredibly scary and painful. But in the end, they always, they always paid out because I just, you know, I want to direct my career but not have it directed for me. And so many interesting things have come on your desk as Crazy. a result of that. And speaking of things showing up in your desk, so you worked for Kevin Costner right. for 13 years, you yeah. said? So you told me the story of he walks in your office one day <laughs> with a request. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. how, did the, how did this go? Yeah. So I don't know how many years I had been working for Kevin at this point, but I had started as a production assistant. And then when I left there, I had been promoted along the way to vice president of production and business affairs. And several years into it, Kevin had literally come into my office, like you said, and looked at me and said, I want you to buy me a Gulfstream airplane. And I looked at him and I, <laughs> I was 28 years old. And I'm pretty sure I said, what? <laughs> and he said, I want you to buy me a Gulfstream airplane. And I remember going, Kevin, this is why you have agents and attorneys and business managers and lawyers. I'm like, what? And he goes, he interrupted me. He goes, I know. And I'll never forget the feeling that I had when he looked at me and said, I think you could use the challenge. I think you can do it. So you have one year, you have X amount of millions of dollars. I think it was 12 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And surround yourself with the best, learn from them and get me my plane. And that was the end of the conversation, Dave. I mean, that literally was the end of it. And it was like, okay. And to this day, I will always and forever be grateful for to Kevin for that experience because it was, as we were talking earlier, a life-defining moment for on so many levels. And as a leadership development executive, and as a, uh, as an executive coach, and 
one that deals with the development of others. When we ask, when I ask people, what was an event or something that made a difference in your career and your development, they're never a class. It's always an exposure to someone or something that made a difference, or it was an experience. And I'm living proof of that because the confidence that I got that at that age, surrounding myself with a bunch of gray haired men, right? And traveling the country and learning about planes and engines, no one can ever take that away from me. And I realized that I could do whatever I put my mind to it. You know, if I tried hard enough, if I studied hard enough, and most importantly, especially when you think in terms of leadership and managing others, I had the support system around me so that I could be successful, right? Uh, Kevin didn't just say, go do it. Kevin was there when I needed additional help or advice or questions, or I needed him to open a door for me to get me a meeting that I needed. It would not have been successful if it had not had been also for Kevin, I think, just innately knowing what I needed in terms of him as a leader, as a manager to help make me successful in this job that he'd given me. I'll never forget that. There's an aspect of leadership that is certainly about setting a vision and the people development piece. And there's also the aspect of leadership of removing obstacles right? right for people. Exactly. And, it, and like I hear that so much in right. that story of, of, so he had this incredible foresight and vision to provide an experience for you that he thought that time in your career would be really valuable to you. And also was willing and able to remove some of the barriers that would otherwise have made that not a good experience for you or for him. It's fascinating. And and I love what you said a moment ago. So many of the, when you do talk to people about what are key moments in their careers and in their lives, it is never, I took this class on procurement. (laughs) No, no. And and I'm saying that as someone responsible for designing and delivering those types of classes, right? Me too, me too. So so it's really crazy that we say that, but it's absolutely the truth. And, And I've tested it a gazillion times and I've never heard that it's about a class in procurement or even it even it was a leadership class that I took. It was always something about a mentor, a coach, a boss. Somebody saw something in me and gave me the opportunity. And that's that's never forgotten. It is really interesting how, you know, sometimes if we're if we're willing to be open to something that the right moments do emerge in our lives. And if we're willing to listen and to be and to be coached and mentored, that it can open up a lot of doors. And so speaking of careers, you had this amazing experience in entertainment, working with someone we all recognize, who's extremely talented, and in consulting. And then there was a position that came available you heard about through through Disney. So how did this yeah. happen that you entered Disney? Yeah. So it goes, it every job I have ever had, and I've had four distinct job moves in my life. Mm. Every single one of them was through a network. It was through somebody that I knew. So I told you the story about getting to Kevin. That was one. After Kevin, I went into a global consulting firm. That was through networking, Mm. through somebody I knew. From there, I was laid off due to a merger. So I too have gone through the whole cycle of employment ended up going to a small boutique consulting firm through somebody I knew in networking. And while I was there, I was on LinkedIn one weekend, Saturday, and I 
was looking and updating my LinkedIn profile and I saw jobs that you might be interested in or whatever that little blurb is. Oh, and it puts your name exactly. with the company. Exactly. On, like, you're, like you're working there. <laughs> exactly. And I saw this and it said, Director of Executive Development, Disney ABC Television Group. And I read the job description and it was like, the angels were singing in heaven. It, was, uh-huh. it had my name, Dave, written all over it. And I, for a long time, had been trying to figure out how was I going to transition out of consulting, which I loved for a bunch of different reasons. But I knew, again, being very purposeful about my career, that I had wanted to have the experience of doing leadership and talent management in an organization. So I had been purposefully looking to figure out how was I going to get out of consulting into a big company. And this was the perfect way to do it. And I I knew that the fact that I did not have actual corporate experience was going to be an obstacle for me, that it was going to end up being about someone who saw transferable skills that understood what I could bring with a fresh perspective to the organization but I didn't didn't let that worry me. And right. I looked, you know, and I went and I knew one person in my entire Rolodex that worked at Disney. And she so happened to have worked at Disney ABC Television Group. And we had known each other for years. In fact, she had worked for Demi Moore when I was working for Kevin. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And so I emailed her and I said, Do you know anything about this job? It has my name written all over it. Because it was taking, as you can imagine, leadership, development, coaching, in entertainment. And she said, no, don't know anything about it, but the hiring manager is my mentor. Oh, wow. And that was on a Saturday. She forwarded my email to Susan on, on Monday. Susan sent it to the recruiter. Recruiter reached out for me Tuesday, and I was hired an offer the following Friday. Wow, that was fast. Unbelievably fast. And they had been looking for nine months to fill this role. And it was the brand new role. They had never had anybody in it before. And so again, it's another example of the power of of networking. But I think yeah. also having been on the look for what is it that I wanted out of my career and being very purposeful about how I was going to strategically navigate it and why. And, See, it, and it paid off. That's the part of the story that I think is so critical is you had some big picture like principles and some values figured out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you knew you had a love of entertainment. You've had that throughout your career. You knew you wanted to get inside a large company. So I think there's the danger of thinking that story like, oh, you just happened to be on LinkedIn that day. Well, you were, but it was in the context of you having been very purposeful about some of the big things. So when the opportunities showed up it was just i was ready of course of course why wouldn't you yeah that's very true and i think it's you know the whole career movement in the whole career navigation is is so difficult because it's easy to get complacent and it's easy to be in the moment and life gets in the way right i mean we're so busy and so often the last thing anyone has the energy to do at the end of the day is to figure out how am I going to purposefully and strategically navigate my next career move. Mm. And you have to do it, but it's a full-time job. And I'm certainly being reminded of that right now, but it's, it's really rewarding when you know that you have an end place 
in mind and that you're doing something for, for a reason and that you're just not allowing your career to drive you, but you're driving your career. And that's what makes me sad. I can't tell you how many people I've come across over the years that when they've heard my career story in a couple, two different instances, when I purposefully have left a job Mm -hmm. in order to be able to pursue what's next or take a step back, that there there has been comments about courage and, Mm -hmm. you know, focus. And that's what I pray for and, you know, my hope for anybody that's unhappy in a role or is wondering what's next for them is that you really have to take control and you have to be purposeful about it. You mentioned a couple of times of uh, sometimes needing to take that step back in order to take the next step forward. What's the time you had to take a step back? So when I left Kevin, there was a two-year period there that I, you know, I had left as a vice president of production and business affairs. And I was working with an executive coach. It's my first taste of coaching. And he had said that he saw something in me and that if I was interested in learning about executive coaching and leadership, that he could share some of his clients and that he would teach and mentor me along the way. Mm. So I did that for, you know, for two years, I think it was. When I went into consulting, you know, I was just a consultant. I wasn't a VP. You know, I wasn't making the money I was making at TIG at, at Kevin's. And so those were very real times where I had to, and especially because I was transitioning industries even, that I had to be willing that I wasn't going to be making lateral moves or even and then move up, but at some point kind of having to reorient and make a step take a step down in order to move forward. When I went to Disney, it was an individual contributor role. I didn't have a team. I didn't have a budget. It was a director role. It wasn't a VP role, but it certainly was not of the scale and scope that I had been used to when I was at Wright Management or the consulting firm too. Yeah. But it and paid it, off. Oh my gosh, it expanded to something yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think one of the things that's really fascinating is that you know it was years you know, a couple of years of taking that step back. And I think there is this, this certainly assumption and, you know, North American business culture of like, you know, if you're not continuing to move forward or getting the pay raise or getting the new title, that it's not good for your career. And right. yet most of the quote unquote successful people I know, the people I think that are happy right. and contributing <laughs> to the world, that's how I define it, yeah. have had stories like yours, like yeah. mine, like just things have been kind of all over the map. And yet there has been some central things that have stayed true as far as values and long-term. And I just saw an article on, oh, speaking of LinkedIn, it was on LinkedIn. Here are the best degrees to get today to get the top dollar when you graduate. You know, oh, the best that undergraduate degrees. Yeah. And the list is totally different than when I finished school you know, two decades ago. And I think it's so unfortunate that some people you know, look at lists like that and they go into those, they right. get that degree because... They're like that. I'm going to come out and get top dollar, and they do. Right. But long term, you know, there's not that that focus on that the purpose and the principle and the values of what I really love to do and what I need to do and how I want to contribute to the world. And I I run into so many of those people now, you know, 15, 20 years later, who just you know they haven't had quite the fulfilling career that I think they yeah. really intended to have, and the tides have churned economically. And so it's just, I, I love the way that you've really framed as all the, 
the decisions have been all focused in your career on kind of that long-term principles of the things that I really want to do and contribute. And then, you know, the tactical things happened when they happened. Right, right. And I, I, you know, in going through even my search now, I ask questions like, why, why leadership development, right? What happened at Disney? What blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And you did leave um, Disney, by the way. And we, uh, I don't think we mentioned that, but you're in the, the thinking process of like, what's next? Yes, and what's the next yes, opportunity? Yes. Yeah. And I will say, um, in fact, I answered this question yesterday that somebody said, why leadership development and why coaching? And, you know, when I got into my working career, it was about entertainment. It was about movie making, right? So yeah. I have done a pretty significant shift in terms of what I feel makes me happy in terms of my career and my work and my job. And if it happens to be in entertainment, great. But what I feel so strongly about now is that I think it, for me, I, I literally call it, I, it's a calling. Leadership development, succession planning, talent management. I think sometimes people within corporate America and within the HR function Yes, it's respected as a, let's say, a subject matter expertise. But what I feel so strongly about is that even if you're not in this specialty functional area, but you are a leader or you're a manager of people, that is so important. I think sometimes we forget that we have people's livelihoods and their career and their success in our, in our hands. And sometimes that's forgotten. It's just seen as this is what we do. But I think there's a higher calling to it that I think is is really important. And I got off track, but there was something about what you said that <laughs> I wanted, I, I was making connection with, but now I forgot what it was. But I'll let you go. I'll stop. Lynn, thank you for reminding us of the power of purpose in a career and also- oh, There you and go. Also, <laughs> and this also, is why you're good, Dave. <laughs> you just saved me. <laughs> thank you for reminding us of the power of purpose in our careers and the messiness that goes along with it. You're so welcome. This is a blast. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lynn. If you know someone who is at the place of trying to think through the next step in their career, or maybe even frustrated that they don't know what that next step is yet, or they've even taken that step back as Lynn talked about, I hope you'll consider sharing this episode with them. This conversation today just makes me think of an assumption I made, especially early on in my career, that you hear titles like VP of Dis at Disney or uh, New York Times bestselling author, as a number of people who appeared on the show over the years have been. And you think like, gosh, those people have it all figured out. They've made all the right moves. They knew the plan from day one. And more often than not, the conversations I have with those folks outside of our interviews and before and after are the conversations exactly like the one we had today with Lynn. It's complex and there's steps forward and there's steps back and there's uncertainty. And yet there are some core values and principles that stay true. And I hope that you hear that complexity. And like me, you're willing to have the courage to, even if you don't know what the next step is, uh, to be willing to take 
that next step. And I hope you'll take the next step too if today's conversation was helpful and check out some of the related episodes to today's conversation. One of them is episode 326, Growth Mindset Helps You Rise from the Ashes. Jeff Hittenberger was my guest on that episode. He talked about how he as a leader has utilized growth mindset in so much of the work they've done in talent management in a large uh, government organization here in Southern California. Also, he talks about, though, his own personal journey and his family's journey of raising a special needs child and how they have learned, uh, both professionally and personally, him and his wife, on really how to lead and also how to grow and be challenged, uh, as as Lynn talked about a bit today as well. That's episode 326. Uh, Also, a great context for this conversation is episode 334. Four, how to be a happier person. Neil Pazrika was my guest on that episode. He talked about some of the key principles for how to find more happiness in your work and in your life, and also debunks a lot of the myths that many of us learned uh, early on and in our lives and society has told us of what we need to do to be quote unquote happy. Episode 334 is one I keep coming back to, a lot of our Academy members come back to, and I uh, take it as a regular practice to utilize three questions that Neil talked about in that episode. Also, I'd recommend a great compliment to today's conversation. If you missed it two weeks ago, episode 370, Three Steps to Great Career Conversations. Russ Laraway was my guest two weeks ago. He talked about how to have some of these key conversations about careers with employees, the three steps to do that effectively. And one of the things you heard in that conversation is the importance of talking about some of those key pivot points in careers and and being curious about that. And that relates exactly to defining moments. There's so much to explore there and learn, not only for ourselves, but to learn uh, about the people that we have the privilege to lead. And you can access all of those past episodes by going to coachingforleaders.com slash podcast if you already have your free membership set up. If you don't, what are you waiting for? You got to get in and get access to the entire library. Since 2011, you can search by topic of uh, what you're looking for right now, and it'll pull up all the relevant episodes. In addition, you get access to my free 10-day audio course, 10 Ways to Empower the People You Lead, plus access to all the member casts, the book notes, and a ton more inside the free membership portal. Absolutely free. Just go over to Coaching for Leaders dot com and set up your free membership right on the homepage there. Next week, I'm glad to welcome back to the show Jonathan Raymond, best-selling author of Good Authority. He returns to the show to teach us how to connect personal growth to business outcomes. It's a great conversation. Don't miss it. See you next Monday. Have a great week. <laughs>